We're back with HCS Weekly, your weekly destination for all things HCS. I'm your host, Shyway, and guys, I am excited, all right? We got two amazing guests today, and one of them, the first one, is a pro player. He's one of the best players in Halo, one of the deadliest men to pick up a sniper rifle. Unbelievable player. Welcome, Mikwin, to the stream. How's it going? How's it going, man? So happy to have you here. And I know you were saying that uh, your sleep schedule is kind of messed up right now. Did I affect that at all? Are you doing okay, man? I'll be good. You I'm good? Used to like waking up obscene hours that I shouldn't be waking up at, but used to it. Yeah, man, I, I'm pretty sure you like cracked open a Mountain Dew too, like immediately, just get it going. The, the energy. The only thing in the fridge. You need the caffeine. <laughs> yeah, man, that's yeah. the ultimate gamer drink right there. I respect that. Um, so <laughs> I let's. Just, I just let's need not... You do... <laughs> Yeah, Cobra would be perfect. Um, Man, I want to get into this. There's so much to dig into with your history in Halo. You've been here for a long time, over eight years, all right? I checked the Halo eSports wiki. Um, and with the first question here, let's find out how it all began. So how did you get into Halo? When did you start competing? And what was that first experience competing like? Uh, uh, well, Halo 1 came out, the Xbox and the Halo 1 came out at the same time. And my dad pulled me out of school. I would have been in, I would have been in first grade, actually. Mm-hmm. and Pulled me out of school to hang out and have like a gaming day with him. And so him wow, and I played awesome. Halo 1 all day. And then uh-huh. we would play it in the basement with like my cousins because I have, I have two cousins that are the same age as me. And my dad is a twin. Right. So my uncle and my dad are big gamers. And then my cousin Kyler is from my twin, my dad's twin brother. And then my aunt, their sister, right. has a cousin that is a little bit older. Those three boys and then like two adult boys that would always play Halo 1. And my dad and my uncle would always beat me and whatever cousin I played with. And it would start to like annoy me. And I'm like, what, like nine years old, eight years old? So I'd start to play it a ton. Start playing Halo 1 like as much as possible just until I could beat them pretty much. And then I got kind of bored of Halo 1 because there was like no online or anything. So I started playing a lot of Warcraft 3, like Dota and those mods and stuff. Halo 2 comes out. My dad pulls me out of school again. And I hated it. Like, I hate, I was so bad at it because it was online. You hated Halo 2? Oh, okay. At, right, at right, first. Right. I mean, I was a, I was a little kid. So, like, yeah, I was a little yeah. kid. So, like, just losing. I was getting super frustrated. And yeah. I don't know why, but I just, like, kept playing it. I think out of frustration of being bad at it, even though, like, I hated it. And I kept playing. I kept That's playing. My dad started to notice that I was... Yeah. Yeah, my dad started to notice like that I, like, I had kind of like a knack for it, and um, I I'll never forget it because I don't I didn't believe him, and I still like don't know why like I trusted his opinion. Well, I mean I was a kid and it's my dad, so obviously it's like what dad says kind of goes. But he's he told me he was like one day video games will be a sport, so you need to take take it now while you can. Dude, your dad so is cool. Like, dad is so wise. And I was like. <laughs> I was like, no, no way. And then, like a year later, we saw USA streaming MLG, yeah. like doing like the, the show. And I was like, wow, yeah. he was right. So, uh, he took me to my first tournament in 2006. I was 12 years old. There's actually a video of it on YouTube. I tweeted it out like a couple months ago. But if you search like Mick One's first MLG event, you'll see me with like uh-huh. frosted tips and like a little bit longer hair. <laughs> and I'm like super little and I have a really high voice. And I'm super shy. Like, he puts the camera on me, and I smack the camera away. And <laughs> um, I got, like, fifth round FFA and lost mm-hmm. and started crying. 
And ever since then, I've just stuck with it. Wow, man. That okay. First of all, dude, like dad goals. Holy crap! I wish that like my parents were so into gaming that they got me in from a young age like that. And the fact that you had to compete with your dad and that kind of like you know invigorated the the passion for everything that you're doing. And it's like a hate it but you love it type thing. You hate it because you can't figure out why you can't get better, and it's just it, it drives you to continue to get better. And you realize it's actually an amazing game. Uh, I remember back when I was a kid, my dad picked up Goldeneye. Uh, and he had bought it for me, but he ended up playing it by himself a bit. I came on the game and he beat like eight levels. And I was so happy just to know that my dad was like playing a video game. Uh, so that's that's exciting. The fact that your parents kind of got you into things. And your dad was right, man. Now esports is massive. Ninja was on the Ellen DeGeneres yeah. show just recently. It's like it's crazy. It's blown up. Um, so yeah, so fast forward now. Yeah, exactly. He called it big time. Uh, and then fast forwarding, you have a hell of a history as a competitive player. Like I said, eight years, you've accomplished a hell of a lot. And there's one thing that I noticed that was kind of funny and kind of interesting at the same time. There was a point in your career, and it was it was basically this point when you you joined this roster called Turning Point. You were with Walshy, Best Man, and Ninja, and you guys won your first ever prize money. This is what Wikipedia says. So hopefully that's correct. But your first ever yeah. prize money of $2,000. And it made me think, was joining Turning Point a turning point in your career? Was there ever a point like that where you suddenly realized, like, hey, I want to do this for life. Hey, I want to, you know, I want to be the best. I have the potential to be the best, and, and I'm going to, you know, dedicate that time to that. Um, is there a point like that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was the like the first like step up the hill. Like mm. I had I was on GMM with like a couple good friends and like we were always like pretty good, but like we'd float around like the top twenty, top sixteen range. And our best place right. in on GMM was like top twelve. The event before I joined Turning Point, I think. And mm -hmm. so it was like, yeah, we were good, and like we had like we were like the top like AM kids. Like we obviously had like a pro seat and stuff, but like we were still like the top of like the AM scene. And turning mm. point was when like I decided to try something new. We we put together that team. We didn't have a pro seed, and the way that that team formed is funny because I had like I was having I had Chig over at my house, and I had a bunch of my friends over at my house, and we were doing like a like somewhat of a land. And Walsh heard about it through Kyle, and Walsh drove down because mm. I, I live in Michigan. Like, I'm only like 45 minutes from Walsh, and Walsh right. came down and was like watching me play and noticed that I was like pretty good. So that's how like me and Walsh got connected. And then Ninja and I were always nice. like pretty good friends before reach like we knew of each other and then like during reach like we became pretty good friends because we went to all the same tlns at the beginning of reach when mr p invited all like the reach kids out to help like mm -hmm. pretty much just to like help toss and sync get better because like we had like a huge jump on them so like uh my team got invited vs got invited which is like ninja and his team and then um like right. uh i don't even remember the other name other team but they were like kids that place well at the reach exhibition and um so we did all that. Ninja, so Ninja, me and Ninja Walsh come together. Then we figure out a fourth and it ended up being best man. And yeah, we played through AM and we ended up get, placing top eight. We beat like a couple teams that I don't want to say that I didn't think that we could beat, but I wasn't like 100% confident against because normally I would just lose to them because I was talking about Still that team. Get through that, yeah, I couldn't get through that barrier. And like we did, we played really well. And then just as time went on with Turning Point, like, I noticed I was always like really good, but like everyone always talked about like Ninja, obviously, because Tyler was like the star of Halo, and he was <laughs> his stream was blowing up, and now he's just a star of the world. But outside that, uh, like yeah. he, uh, like in Halo, like so I was like always kind of in his shadow, and it, I like I give a lot of like respect to like Best Man and like Formal, because those dudes back in Reach were always like telling me like, "Hey, you're really, really, really good," and I know that you don't get the credit that you deserve. 
And yeah, and that helps with like my confidence throughout reach. And then I mostly started placing really well, and people started to notice that I was really good when I started teaming with Chig. I teamed with Chig for like three years, and I think our worst placing was like top six. Like we were always really good together. And that's when like I noticed that I was actually like a player that could make a team and probably place top four no matter the players on it. That's when I got like that type of confidence. Yeah, I, I think that turning point squad really paired you up with some of the best players. Like Walshy coming in, and then from there, like from what I see on the the you know the wiki, like it's like every other team that you were with after that was just full of amazing, really well known, talented players. And you're right, dude, you are actually really damn good at this game because I couldn't find like any point whatsoever where you had been like dropped from a roster. Have you ever been dropped from a a roster before? Because it seemed like other players were dropped, and you kind of just stuck with like with Chig from the same roster and carried it over to another player or like the team dropped so you couldn't you know move on to the net like it just seems like you were always a solid player on your team and there was no reason to ever switch you off of that like you're I don't know man uh that's, that's I think I got dropped like by GMM once because I like made elitist mad and then like we teamed the next tournament so it didn't even, like matter but like yeah. overall like the only time that like I felt like I was like dropped but i wasn't really dropped it was when um it was when apg and heinz left chig and i after h2a to team with formal and ola okay that was the only time that i felt like that like we both kind of got dropped but i, I but like we didn't because like they went to a different org and they had like they just decided to leave us and but yeah right. i i always found that if you found one other person on the team and you became really good friends with them and played well with them you, your spot was probably pretty safe um right so that's what i did it was like ninja for two years and it was shake for three years and it was ola for two years now it's apg probably or is penguin one of those two all right. of this team like i i don't think that we have any issues when it comes to that but that's awesome i want to talk about that team too man that actually leads me in because now we're at halo 5 man and, and you've had an amazing career in halo 5 you've been basically on the top of the heap the entire time one point you actually were on the very top with envious you guys beat optic gaming in that fall season finals you had who can snipe down at ola on the team that was an insane roster and and it was that was i'd say the peak and then from there you've been very close but not quite back at the top again like you had reciprocity where you guys seem to average third and fourth place and now you're on renegades and recently on renegades you guys won that 2k you're looking hot right now so uh so do you guys and actually like do you ever get tired of being so close to the top do you ever does that drive still continue do you still you know have that same drive to be the best in the world or you kind of do you ever get tired of just being like so close losing second place or third place uh i mean yeah that's that's part of the reason why the reciprocity team broke up Mm -hmm. uh the whole time that team was together we never beat a top four team and right online play or land play so like i was the like zane and i were the ones that kind of sparked the discussion we're like hey this team's like we're good enough to be fourth we're not good enough to go forward mm-hmm. like even when we got top three uh that was only because splice seller had to go to the hospital so splice got second in their pool renegades got first and we played renegades instead mm-hmm. for top three um so we never beat like a top we never beat like NV or splice or tox with that team and we never i mean the closest we got was worlds obviously but um outside that like we never did so right i said to my i I brought up the discussion like i think a change is necessary like it could be me it could be penguin it could be eric like whatever the change is like i just think that this team doesn't work that's kind of how reciprocity that roster fell apart and then Mm -hmm. zane and i decided to just go and team with zane and i wanted a team with neptune like that's kind of what we did but yeah just um in general, just like 
we like APG and I joke about it a lot because like we're like in a loop because if you go back and watch H2A, it's the same exact thing against Lethal. We lose like yeah. game fives against him, like 50, 47, 50, uh-huh. 48, um, every single time. And we're always leading at like the 35 kill mark and we end up losing yeah. the game. Uh, happened every time in H2A and it just happened last tournament. Ox, You're stuck so. in the same timeline, dude. <laughs> it's like it's like a loop, yeah. And so I mean it's frustrating, but like I've I always like have had the mindset where like looking back when I'm like fifty years old, like I'm not really gonna care that I got third, fourth. Like I'm gonna be happy that I got like I've never placed like I always placed like top four. Like I never had Everyone to be worried top, about placing yeah. top four. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, sure, like in the moment, like after we lose, I'm upset. But mm-hmm. when I look back, like it's very easy to look back and be like, okay, the, the still like, yeah, it's like I would, I would, I would love to have like the legacy that like, like some players have. But I've created my right. own, and that's what it is. And I can look back on it at any moment and be like extremely happy about it. Yeah, man. I mean, you've accomplished a lot, and I hope you're still creating that legacy, dude. I know you said you're, <laughs> you're 25, you're starting to feel old, but you're not old, man. I'm 26 uh, and I'm still young. So stay, stay young, man. You got more, more potential. <laughs> I want to see that. Um, so let's talk about last week's 2K as well. Cause like you guys have solidified your position as top four teams, top four once again, uh, and you showcase, you have what it takes to be number one. So what do you think it'll take to get your, like to get to number one with your current Renegades roster? And there was this one thing that I noticed online. So way back when you were, you know, you were teaming with Ninja and Chig on Liquid, you made this switch over to Envious. And uh, and there was this point where you said that you felt like you and Ninja, you kind of clashed and you had kind of the same role on your team on Liquid. And that was one of your reasons for switching over to Envious. So what do you think about this idea of roles on your Renegades roster? Does everybody on the team kind of have their own role and do they all fit into that that specific niche? How do they kind of match up? Um, well, that mo- a majority of that post on Beyond was because Ninja and I like want to kind of like have the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Not, not 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 as much me, and I've learned I learned on Envy to kind of fall out of that role. But I love to have the sniper and I love to have the power weapons because I feel the most confident when they're in my yeah. hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so roles, I don't want to say it's like it's not like back like in Halo Three when people would say like you have your Slayer, you have your objective player, you have your support yeah. player, you have your support yeah. Slayer. Uh, the best teams are teams of four people who can do anything. That's right. you know like. You look at like the best players like Shotzi and Frosty, like those dudes do more objective than they get kills usually. Um, mm. But they also get a lot of kills. So yeah, I just think if you put together a team where you have players who, like, so for me, example, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a really good player when I'm like kind of over someone's shoulder, looking over them and doing damage behind them as they push forward. Okay. So APG is like a really good teammate for me. In general, so kind of like, like the Royal Two, then maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little yeah, bit faster yeah. than Matt. Like, I'm not afraid to like <laughs> do like what it. APG does. But yeah, um, yeah, um, like so, like APG is a good example. He's just kind of like a tank. Like he's gonna go. He'll, yeah, he'll push in. in. He yeah, he'll stay alive as long as possible. He'll take as much damage as he has to, and he'll do a lot of damage. And he might not get the kills, and he might not mm-hmm. even get the assists, but he's the reason why three kills happens a lot of the times. Um, Penguin yeah. does the same thing. Penguin Penguin does it in a, in a much more like Ola esque way though. APG will actually like run at you and just like make you like worry about him. Zane like does a really good job of living in situations that he normally does like shun it. So it's like mm-hmm. Ola esque, you know. And Neptune is just like young H five kid like that 
doesn't play any certain way and just kind of like doesn't miss and no spawns and plays really well. So like, and I, 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 I feel like that's really important to have in Halo Five because like you need that one kid. That's a crazy reaction. Yeah. yeah, there's always the one. Yeah, kid. that's just like it's like that does everything that everyone always complains about and calls them stupid and all this stuff, yeah. but they're actually like they're playing Halo Five the correct way. And yeah, they're doing all the crazy technical um, shit that like nobody wants to pay yeah, attention to. And yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. um, yeah, having having like that type of player is is important. But yeah, at the end of the day, like roles. Like you have players who excel in certain things, and you need to play to everybody's strengths, and that's like mm-hmm. the best rosters do that, right? Like, I mean, every yeah. best roster, like yeah. every, all their players are able to play their strengths as often as possible, and that's yeah. that's really where like the roles come in, is allowing each yeah. person to do what they're best at as often as possible, and keeping them in their comfort zone. Yeah, man. So flexibility is key, and I, I think you also raised a good point yeah. about working with APG. I think duos are more important now than ever. Having that kind of bait and switch mentality, and somebody who, like you said, is the aggressor, and at the same time, you can work and play off of that, and he allows you to hit the best shots you can hit. So I, I think that's really interesting, and and I'm glad that you guys have that. You've got the the perfect balance. You got the Neptune, and you've got uh you know the solid roster players who can do everything they need to do to to get those W's. So speaking of W's, man, let's check out. We're going to throw a clip up here. We're going to try a new format. We're going to do like a, a little bit of like a, a threesome thing on the screen here where we got the gameplay and then me and you, and we're going to showcase some of last week's 2K, your best life, in my opinion, in last week's 2K where you destroyed guys on talk. So let's take a look at that right now. I know Tony can queue it up. There we go. Get our, our live reaction here, man. Picks up the sniper. See, your right stick click to aim, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm a, I play recon. I'm like a default Halo player. <laughs> yeah, we're going to save that for one second. I want to see your controller and everything. There's one point with the sniper where you get that crazy double where that is so hard to pull off with right stick click. You got this. What? You're nuts, dude. What the hell? <laughs> You're crazy. Like that that gives me like hand tremors just thinking about clicking in that right stick that fast. You hit the guy with the body. That's annoying about that. Really? It, it looked like you got a, you should have been a headshot. I, I got a hit marker on the I got a head I got a hit marker on the stream, but I didn't get a hit marker in game. Really? Uh uh-huh. yeah. It's super weird. Really weird. There's one point uh yeah, man, you were like all over at this game. You wanted the rockets, and then you got the rockets first. This part right here, I love the weight. See that weight right there? Like, you know he can't yeah, do anything in that position. Let him thrust yeah. and just like wait for the fifth shot, land it. And right here, Emmanuel was in my ear. Like, get the frags, get the frags. So this is oh, really? why I actually end up killing Royal too. Yeah, Hoax was in my ear to grab the frag grenades. So, wow, and that is, that's why that is I get the advantage that of the coach. That's actually huge. Yeah. Like. I thought yeah. that that was just like your intelligence. You should. I was gonna I was say any myself. other player would have kept running. Yeah. <laughs> I was You're feeling not. myself. I almost did it though. Dude, I was like <laughs> typing in the chat. I was like, "Holy crap, die!" Like this guy doesn't. I die. saw it. I saw it. You're like, "Please die!" <laughs> and then I died, and you were like, "Thank God." <laughs> he won't Funny. die, man. What the heck? Yeah, that was crazy. I was, I was you feeling myself for sure. Challenge at, at no shields. You could tell you were so confident. You actually yeah. took his shield off too. If there was any player in yeah. range, that would have been a dead, a dead player right there. So he did insane damage. Um, I didn't even realize that was a coach thing right there too. People always ask like, "What's why is it important having coaches?" That's one key moment right there. Where like you're not really thinking yeah. of grabbing nades, and then is like grab the nades. That changed the entire play. Like Royal Two was running away with his tail between his legs after you picked up those grenades. So that was yep. that was crazy, man. So so, Folks how are, are really you doing coach. this? <clears throat> uh, 
Yeah, Hoax is a good coach. Yeah, I'm hoping I can get him on the show too and, and talk about his mindset and his attitude towards uh, to playing as well. I want to get some coaches on here. We're going to have one coming up next as well, actually. Um, so so this is uh, the moment in the stream where uh, I'm, I'm calling this controller time. And, and one day in, in my fantasy future, I, I have a little song and then, then <laughs> and then we get to look at your controller. I, I want to know uh, what controller you're playing on. I want to know what your setup is. You said you're playing on Recon. I've heard people say that you play as high as six sensitivity. Is that true? Is that a lie? Let me know what's up. I'm on three two. I play three two. Ah, I've been on three two. For I was like, hoping you played on six. Like three months. <laughs> uh, there was like a good like month where I played five three. I think five oh, three, and I was fast. I was liking it, but like the 2017 season, I was on four three a good chunk of it. And then now that I've moved to kind of like a slower role, I moved to three two. So okay, um, yeah, I, uh, it's slow. But it's like not as slow anymore. I don't know. It's weird. Once any sense that you get used to, it, you'll like it. You know what I mean? Once you once you yeah. adjust to it, it's fine. Three two is a slower sense. I guess you'd have to to be really deliberate with like every movement on that right stick. Like you really got to peg it when you're or like know what movement you need to make at the right time, right? Which is how I shoot. I'm very yeah. I claw too, so I'm like very like. My thumb's like this all the time. So let, let's see that stick. controller because it's just <laughs> I, very I can't basic. believe he showed me this before the interview. I cannot believe you're playing on a basic ass Xbox controller yeah. while everybody else is spending two hundred plus dollars for a scuff controller, elite controller. Guys, this is proof right here. You want to be amazing at Halo? Learn how to claw. <laughs> Ideally, learn how to claw from a very young age. Because if you try clawing like me, like right now at twenty six, trying to claw the controller, I swear it's like carpal tunnel waiting to happen. Do you, do you I, have any, like, does it hurt you at all playing like that? No, so when I was a kid, I would, there's a, my dad has a video from, like, an old, like, big-ass, like, camera that was on, like, a, you know, like, a, a VCR thing, and right. I'm playing the Jaguar with him, and I'm playing Wolfenstein, and I was probably, like, three years old, maybe. Uh -huh. You remember that, that Jaguar controller is, like, this thick? And I'm the a big, little kid, uh... and you see my hand on it like this. <laughs> I'm literally holding the Jaguar controller with my fingers like with that. The claw? With the claw? Yeah. Wow, and I was dude. like, wait, what? And then like I started playing like the Dreamcast and I always held the Dreamcast like that. Um mm. PlayStation oh, 1, like I always held the controller right? like that. Yeah, like I I've yeah, always like a held TV a controller like that. Yeah. yeah, it had like this like weird like memory card that went in and like had like animations on it and like it was yeah. the first system that had online play and stuff and yeah, yeah, and like so, I've always held a controller. Like, I don't know why. I I think like in my head it was like, I don't want to do this. Can see it. So do this. Maybe, maybe so like, oh yeah, sorry. Like I didn't want to do this. Uh -huh. So I in my head thought that that was more efficient as a kid, and I guess I was right because I mean it's like what a lot of players wish they could do. It's like naturally yeah. with your index just kind of naturally rested there, I guess. Right? Yeah, so like I don't have like huge hands. Like my hands are pretty like mm. normal. I'm not like I don't have APG hands. Or if you see you APG play, hold his controller right? and his hands are like this. <laughs> this is APG yeah. when he holds his controller. Really? And, With but, the no, inside? So oh, no, so his hands are just huge, man. Like I don't know that he has alien hands. I'm just I'm alien here to make fun of APG. That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> and but yeah, sure like if fun. I want them next tournament, I'm gonna have them go on a zoom in on APG's hands so everybody can see. I mean, his fingers yeah. are literally like yeah. probably like that long. Like he's we, we were joking around in the jeez. Yeah, we were joking around in the hotel room and we were doing like that hand thing. Do you remember that soccer player that did like this thing? And like, did you see I that on know, Twitter? 
I missed okay, it. Okay, well, like everyone was freaking no. out how he did it because it's like super weird, right? I can I, I can okay. barely do it. And seeing APG try to bend his fingers to do this for 20 minutes was like one of the best moments of my life. Oh my god, dude! Now I want to see that. Now that's all I'm going to care about the next tournament. I got to see APG's hands, dude. His like fingers like coming off the I mean, side of the controller. They, it's crazy. You always see him with a towel because his, his hands get super sweaty. It's funny. He's a funny guy. <laughs> all right, all right. We're gonna have to look into that. But that's that's crazy. Just the fact that you know there isn't really a specific you know method to the madness. It's kind of just what was comfortable for you, and that that grew into your you know inevitable you know, way that you hold the controller and how you play now. And it's it's hella convenient, man, because. Halo 5, as we know, like mechanically, there's so much going on. There's so many buttons you got to press, right? So you, you really need a claw or you need paddles or some way to, to hit those buttons fast, uh, you know, or, or you're, you're screwed, basically. Um, so let's, let's dive even deeper then. So how do you practice? Do you have any kind of like a specific routine or schedule that you follow uh, in your years of grinding and improving? Was there like a game type or a map or something that you practice on the most where you saw the most improvements? Are you still solo practicing uh, or is it just kind of like scrims maintenance work? What do you think? Uh, so now I like just scrim. I don't even like play before I scrim. <laughs> uh, I just you get just into scrim. the scrim like not... I don't warm up and I just play the scrim. Wow. Like, about three times three times a week. Oh um, my God. Throughout Halo 5, I mean, like, a, a, like, I'm still only SR 146. I think I might be the lowest level pro. Yeah. Um, Your custom games I've are crazy. Been, You've got tons well, yeah, of custom games. From, from, from scrims. And, like, I did a lot of jump maps with Ola, like, the first year and stuff. Okay. So, like, first year I did a lot of jump maps and, like, played a lot of solo arena. And,. Mm. I don't want to say a lot. I I played a little, like a lot more than I normally do. Um, mm. And then it turned into on that Envy roster. Like I pretty much only scrimmed. I would like play some like like fun stuff with Hook here here and there. And then like Ola and I would sometimes play Arena. Strongside and Rob came from three four three to do like our like worlds like video. I don't know if you remember that video they did of us for worlds. And um, yeah, like. We were sitting there like after we did all like the filming and stuff and we just got like food and we were hanging out and I we scrimmed and I got like annihilated, dude. Like I had played so bad. I don't yeah. know if I like was like I don't know. I still don't know to this day. And I played arena until like nine o'clock in the morning with these dudes uh -huh. like watching me, like a good chunk of it. Inside and like I'm just like raging, dude, like screaming inside it like side said like it changes opinion on me because like Dude, I the whole time I was just like, this I called like my tilt perfect grind. Twitch content. I don't know why you're not I just, right now. <laughs> I mean, if you go back and actually watch some of my streams, like yeah. those are like my ultra tilt grinds, right? Really? He's um, getting mad like, the whole time. I would get so mad I would stream, and <laughs> <laughs> like punishment. Like you hear me on my streams, just like raging, dude. Like this is a clip of me where I get, I just choke so bad. And uh -huh. I'm just like I'm raging, like it's super funny. Like if you go to my Twitch, you'll see it. And but yeah, so I'm like, have to look this up. Yeah. And uh, but now, like, yeah, I don't really play to be honest. Like I'll, I like if I do play, I play Warzone Assault, like three games of Warzone Assault, and then I'm like done for the day. Yeah. You you said uh you said I was gonna hate you when you talk about how you play this game, and you're right, dude. It's so annoying. You it sounds like you do the bare minimum. Just to make sure you're, it's like, is everything working okay? You know, oh, it's good. All right. I'll yeah. just continue to not play. And then when you find out you're not playing well, you do one tilt grind. It's like, okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta get and mad and, and, you know, have at it. And then we're back at it again. Yeah. <laughs> I got the mojo back.
<laughs> is that is that really it? There's no like there's no like like key formula. It's kind of just like you know you were. I, I think at one point when you were younger, you must have been so passionate, so invested in it, and now it's kind of just like maintenance and and kind of keeping that going. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think of when I was a kid, like what I did too, because like, yeah, like honestly, like I say this about like sounding like a douche. Uh, oh God, I've always just been like very like. I've always had a knack for Halo. Like, uh-huh. even like when I was like playing Halo 2 with like, I met people online that I was playing with and I was like a level like 29 in Slayer or something when that was good. And right. like, I was the kid that was going like 24 and like 20 in Slayer games. Like, right. I didn't have a brain, but I never like missed. Like, I knew how to kill people. Like, that was always something I was very good at. So, just like, right. the only thing that I ever really had to work on was like, my like, I like thought process, like how to stay alive and like where to be and how to be there and that type of stuff. And the only right. way to to really do that is one to like if you can learn from watching watch and two like just actually play against better players and learn like okay this spot sucks I got annihilated here, or, like yeah. hey this spot's good because I got a lot of kills from there, and just basically through like repetition. I'm a I'm a very I I learned Halo from repetition for sure. Like the more yeah. I screw up, the better I get. And interesting, and you, you recognize like really, the mistakes. I think that's big too, right? Yeah. You must be recognizing where you're making those those mistakes and fixing the mistakes, and that. So you must have a keen awareness on that, even if you don't fully realize. You know, like I'm. Everyone I've always teamed with always says I'm like too self aware. Like I get on oh, myself okay. really hard. Like if I don't play well, okay. right? Um, and like I can literally like tell you like the moments where like I blew it and stuff like instantly. Um. Mm. So, yeah, it's like a blessing and a burden because. What'll happen is, is, like, if I am playing bad, it if I go into like a slump, it, I slump for like a while. Right, right. I like get like really down on myself about it. Mm-hmm. But like, if I'm playing well, like I'm fine. I, I'm just, I'm just like, and the majority, like, ninety five percent of the time, I'm playing well. So it's like whatever. But <laughs> hold yourself to a high standard, though, right? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How how do sometimes. you? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it looks like it turned out all right for you. <laughs> but but how how do you uh, play good players? You know what I mean? Like nowadays, it seems like it's hard to to set up those kinds. If let's say you're like a new kid yeah. on the block and you think you're really good at the game, it's like how do you constantly challenge yourself by by playing the best players? You'd have to, I guess, grind your way through matchmaking and like get up to that level where you're constantly matching against them, or what? Or, or FFA's used to be the way to 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 make yourself known. Yeah, I mean, I got known through FFA. FFA was a good way. Um, Halo's always been weird, and like I, I actually, funny enough, yesterday I was looking at like some old conversations with like COD pros when I went over to COD, and like one of the pros like tweeted like it's funny because like if we went to Halo, like no, they wouldn't give us like the time of day, and he was, I mean, he's right. Like Halo players, pro players, even when like I was starting to make a come up, like Halo pro Halo players are very threatened. Like they've like yeah. honestly, like if, I mean, if you you'll notice it. Like if you listen to like streams and stuff, like if a Halo player gets out shot if someone calls them bad or like anything like the amount of like offense they take to it is like like dude it's just a video game like you're yeah. good like yeah. like getting out shot isn't a big deal so like yeah, yeah you won't you won't see like pro halo players like scrim or like play with people who aren't that great like the only person i can think of that like really like gets like the only people i can think of that got chances in halo 5 there was a lot more but like in the last year's neptune and the only reason why he did is because he was willing to bet money in 2v2s. 
That's a big and, thing too. I guess you got to be able yeah. to throw some money at it, right? You got to really believe in yourself yeah. to the point where you're doing money matches, like like Bound yeah. and the one v ones and stuff, right? Yeah, Bound Bound is known because like he's friends with a couple of people who made it up, and he's not afraid to bet money online. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, but I don't want to tell people that's your way in because like I know I yeah. I never had to do that. Like <clears throat> I just had to go to tournaments and like play well and right. It took a while, but over time, people noticed, like, hey, this kid's actually good. And then I got, like, an opportunity on a better team. Um, I think also maybe investing in live streaming, like, a way that people can directly watch your content and start to talk about you through that, maybe, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, see, just live streaming is weird right now just because, like, Halo 5's in kind of a, yeah. like, viewership. Yeah, like, yeah, viewership situation isn't the best. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's hard, man. Like Halo's hard. Halo's really hard to break into because, like, no matter what you're doing, you're probably gonna get made fun of for doing it by the top players. Yeah. But like, yeah. like I was made fun of yeah. for like years for like, I, don't know, I can't even tell you. Just like some of the stuff that I was like, I I like ego challenged a pro when I was like a top twenty player and outshot him. Like they would like yeah. send me messages yeah. like yeah like trying to like say I'm bad and stuff, and I'm like, you're there's no way you're uh-huh. this upset you got outshot. Like there's there's you know no what? way. You know think about it though. I think it's kind of different. Like if you think about COD versus Halo, the time to kill means everything, man. Because in COD, yeah. like you can mow somebody down in two seconds, so it's not as much of like you got outskilled there. It could just be like he got first shot on you. He had his reticle position timing. properly. He got the jump. The timing, right? But in Halo, yeah. you can reverse a situation where the other player has yeah. the advantage because of that time to kill, and then the result is you get embarrassed, and then you get teabagged, and they have to watch that happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's so much more on the line, and it's like when you build yeah. up that skill. And that prowess, you end up having this like ego connected to it. You like so much of your identity is based on how good you are at that game, and it's get, it crumbles when other people can take that away from you. I think that's why the the payoff of grinding Halo is so amazing. But then at the same time, it's unapproachable unapproachable for people because it, it is tough in that way. It's kind of like Gears too. The shoddy battles and Gears, the trash talking Gears is insane. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, you can turn any they, situation around. Exactly. So, like they talk yeah. about the trash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. That was like always one of my biggest complaints with like Halo. Like, I wish that players like cared more about growing the scene than like milking the scene. Preach. I guess is the, like a, like a good way to put it. And like I'm, yeah. I mean, I know I'm like not one to talk because like I've barely done like any content and stuff. But like at the end of the day, like I've I've That's always why you're here. I've always <laughs> been like just a things. competitor. Yeah, I've just always been like just a competitor. Like that's like what I yeah. love to do. And right. like. I like content is like I've tried it and I'm like not I don't have like a passion for it you know what I mean right. so it's like hard for me like if I'm not passionate about something like I'm gonna really struggle to be good at it and yeah it makes sense because I won't apply the things that are necessary for it um mm-hmm. so it's like I wish that players who like I can tell are passionate about it and I've seen them do it and like they obviously love it but like they give up on it because it's like Halo you know, it's like Ninja's like mm. the only person that was ever passionate about it, stuck with it, and did good things with it. And yeah, yeah. But like outside, like content stuff, just like a lot of the other stuff, like helping grow the scene, just in terms of like, there's players out there that are great that mm-hmm. could be better. And like I've always given people a lot of props, and like, like the straight ripping team that formed with Renegade that happened because I told APG to pick up Renegade because I noticed that he was really good in AM Cups, Neptune, right. I, I got him on Renegades because I told APG that he was really good from 2v2s that I noticed. Um, I remember like hyping up Saiyan to some players. Um, 
I remember tweeting in Halo, in Halo 2 anniversary when Shotzi was 12 years old. This kid's going to be the next big thing. Yeah, and then yeah, that, that turned out. Now, now I, mean, I wish I didn't tweet it to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I know I it's get just like talking about Shotzi now too. Everybody's like, "I was shy away, love Shotzi." It's like, man, I, I don't I know. Mean, he's just a good player. He's, he's, he's an incredible player. He's, yeah. yeah, I think he might be the best player, we've, best Halo player we've ever seen. He's he's pushing the meta so far. I'm relating this game to Smash Bros. Melee in terms of tech skill. Like he's every time I watch him play, he's doing yeah. things that nobody else is doing. So I have to talk about it. It's not like I just love Shotzi. It's just I'm, I love the gameplay, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you he's know? he's a freak. He he's, yeah. he's he's a cheat code. His button settings are a cheat <laughs> code. He's a cheat code. Yeah. Wait, he plays with the left trigger to shoot, man. He's got no, uh, yeah, no extra. He wants a spring bounce. Right if he wants a spring bounce. If he wants a spring bounce, that's all he has to do. Spring bounce. Right there. Or spring jump, hey, whatever. Just, I said bounce, but he, that's all he has to do. Boom. Just, he has to hold both the buttons. Oh, he's using his index. A and B. He's climbed, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he claws. So yeah. he just holds A and B together and then just slides his finger and it yeah, yeah. spring bounces every time. Spring jumps, whatever. Yeah. Spring bounce, spring jump. I've always said no, it's, whatever. It's just yeah, spring mounts. I mean, there's no, there's no true like. It's not like you look it up in a dictionary. It's like this is the way it is. You know what I mean? It's funny yeah. when everybody's saying. Well, Halo, up and... Halo Four, we saw, everyone said spring bounce. So really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe but I'm just the guy who doesn't know now. No, it's spring yeah, jump exactly. now. People call it spring jump yeah. in Halo Five. Halo Four, Wait, we said people, spring bounce. People were calling oh. super jump, or like I'm calling it super jump, but people calling it the bum jump when you. Combine those mechanics and and you fly and clamber up. Oh, and call yeah. it, I call it super jump. The bum jump? Like why? Why though? Like I don't want to call it. I can't have but, an analytical video and call it the bum jump and have a straight face. Super so jump forever staying Halo Two. That's why. Because super jump. Yeah, you're right. The ultimate super <laughs> jump was yeah. was Halo yeah. Two, but it wasn't really a competitive thing. It was just like this is crazy, you know. Yeah. Like, Matchmaking yeah. going okay. on top of Warlock. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Zanzibar like flying like way up in the air and Zanzibar was on top so of the cool. fan. Yeah. Yeah, it was on the fan. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but I know we're running short on time here. So let's really quickly, uh, let's talk about the future of Halo here. Let's build the best Halo Infinite multiplayer. What should the best Halo Infinite multiplayer have? Uh, just a couple quick things. Like, what do you think about weapon starts? You like the Magnum? You think it should go back to BR or something else? I like single shot weapons because they're more punishing. In a burst mm-hmm. weapon in terms of skill um right. i don't care if it's a pistol or if it's a dmr i don't even care if the br shoots three bullets that are like almost essentially a single shot i as, I, I do like single bullets honestly i just want like i it's such like a like like a like a like a vague vague statement but you get halo one you look at halo two you look at halo three those games i remember i was like looking at like a bungee like vidoc like where they're talking about like their their design philosophy, right? Okay. And like, they're talking about how like the way they design their game. Like, they're the people who, if they don't sit down and they're not entertained in five minutes, they put the game down and they never play it again. They're like those assholes, is what they say. And okay. it, like the next guy that it goes to says like, he's like everybody. Wa-, he's like the big thing with this game is that like you play for it five seconds. Like every five seconds, like something exciting is gonna happen. So you have to compress okay. this like fun gameplay you know over seven minutes and the only way like halo 5 has that but it's like 30 second intervals to be honest or like 15 uh-huh. second intervals where like the game's fun and then like there's kind of like nothing really going on or like something that's really not that enjoyable going on for like five to six to seven seconds and then it's fun again yeah. for like a second or two and then rinse repeat and you look back at halo 2 and halo 3 like every five seconds something fun was happening something okay. it, it didn't matter what you were playing 
and maybe because of the way like, the maps were designed, the, like the close quarters. I think it was. I think it was, I think it was map decisions. I think it was game type decisions. I think it was like mechanical decisions in, ter- in terms of like how H two for sure. H two and even Halo three. How Halo three? Like they 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 obviously with Halo three did not want you cross mapping. That was like their design philosophy was we want you to fight mid to close range in this game. All, like almost all the weapons struggled to shoot across the map, minus a sniper. Right, yeah. And even the, yeah, exactly. even the longer, farther you were, the sniper was less effective. They wanted mm-hmm. you to get into each other's faces and and like punch each other or shoot each other super close <laughs> and do like yeah. f- like they wanted that. They didn't want this like standoffy like shoot cross map yada yada. Yeah. And Halo Five struggles yeah. with that right now. I mean, if you notice like Halo 5's meta, a lot of Halo 5's meta is put two or three shots from a range and then move in quickly and then clean up what damage you did um yeah, yeah i just i really want to see because i'm not the type of person that's going to say like we need classic or advanced or blah 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 like whatever as long as the game it just has a, has very good like design decisions around it and plays uh-huh. like what halo did i mean halo started off as being called combat evolved they they obviously need to push the envelope in terms of like how to evolve what it's what it is now and i'm not mm. i don't have the answers for that i don't think anybody has the answers for that um, right. I just want the game to be when I sit down, I'm entertained for ninety percent of the game, and right. I don't have like any way to say like Damn I don't. It. There's I don't think I don't think there's like one. I don't think there's Nobody like knows. one answer. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that there's like one answer. I think that, that that's the thing with Halo yeah. is that it's in a very big identity crisis, and yeah, three four three is either going to have to go all the way back to the beginning or all the way uh, like they're gonna they the have direction. to do one of the two. Yeah, and yeah. either way, they're going to upset people. I, I was hoping Infinite could be flexible. Like, they somehow just have it all, and then, then like, you know what I mean? Like, I was thinking if they had some yeah. kind of a crazy Forge mode that that's super easy to work your way around, and, like, anybody can build maps, and you just have, like, Forge builders building the best, most ideal maps for the game, like, on a constant basis, and then pros can, can switch the settings and the bullet magnetism and, like, everything on the fly at any time and, like, figure out the perfect balance of everything, but it does put a lot in our hands. I don't, you know, I don't know where that leaves things, but yeah, I, I, it flexibility seems like, would be nice. I don't know. It seems like three four three's uh, falling into the um, the out of the box game has to be the same as the competitive game, which is what like Treyarch's mm-hmm. doing right now with COD, and like just based off like what Mankey says on Twitter, where it's like it's important that this casuals play the same game as the the pros. Yeah, right, right. And there's, there's a whole other there's a whole other argument there, so I don't think that we'll see like a lot of flexibility in the game. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. just that's my okay. opinion. Um, I think I, I don't know. It's it's gonna be weird. Like I, I'm at the yeah. point where when it comes to Halo, like I'm like very cautious with what I'm seeing and what I like, or like cautious. Like I, everyone's all hyped for like that teaser, and I'm just sitting here like, we'll yeah. see. Like I, I we'll don't see. try to get like yeah. excited and yeah, like all that because it's it, you just never know. Like we don't know yeah. what that game's like, we do, we won't know for a while, I think. And I think we once we see more, we can give a better opinion. Yeah, I, I think we brought up a we had a quick discussion before the interview, and you brought up an important point about the skill floor being kind of high in competitive yeah. Halo Five. 
right? Like Halo 5 actually mechanically is a pretty deep and, and competitive and like interesting game. It's just, you have to spend a lot of time mastering those mechanics and figuring out how they integrate well with gameplay. And like a new player playing Halo with all the different buttons to sprint and to stabilize and everything, like it's kind of overwhelming for a new player to immediately jump in and to, to get the reins. Like it, it kind of almost needs that Fortnite effect where Fortnite is very easy to jump into. The skill floor is low enough that you can get into it and have fun, but the skill ceiling is so high. You look at the best players in the world. They're insanely technical, insanely fast. Yeah. So they need to maintain that. So I think advanced mechanics works, but you have to somehow lower that skill floor. So it's approachable, but still have like this, this just, you know, like inf not infinite, but just insane amount of depth that comes out of these core mechanics. And, and I mean, I'm seeing it. I, I think that it pays off if you put in the grind time, but you, you know what I mean? You should yeah, be able to experience the, that fun as, as quickly as possible. Yeah. You, you, the modern, the, the average person can't do the hours that's required that to be Halo 5. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. That's I, it, and yeah. especially at this point in the game, like, can you imagine like picking up Halo 5 yeah. for the first time and some kid just like slide thrust Spartan charges you in the face, or like, let's say, <laughs> whatever, slide thrust, thrust or whatever, uh, yeah, whatever, yeah. How, whatever crazy thing you can do in this game. The yeah, Spartan yeah, charges yeah. you in the face and knocks you back, and you're like, they, I can only imagine like some 40 year old guy picks up Halo 5, like, oh, I'm gonna try Halo 5 today. And it's just fun. what he's seen, it's like, oh my god, I can only imagine. <laughs> it's, it's like probably like hell. It's like all yeah. hell broke loose, especially if like you're used to like Call of Duty or like games that are slower. And it's just like you yeah. see this, and it's just wild to me that like, yeah. And that that was another thing with Halo Five is like the floor was like super high, but the ceiling wasn't incredibly high either. Like once you mastered it, the, once you got the floor, like you only had to get to a certain point with the ceiling, and it was like, okay, well, the only player that's pushed like the envelope on the ceiling is Shotzi, but everybody else sits around the same place on the uh, with the ceiling. Rossi, yeah. Rossi. Rossi pushed the ceiling forward and he's kind of sat at like the top of that. Shotzi's going above what right. Rossi did. You're right, Everyone you're had right, to catch yeah. up to Rossi and now people are trying to catch up to Shotzi, but I don't think anybody will catch up to him just because like he came in pretty late. It's late. But it's like, yeah. It's like outside of that, like, I mean, once you got the floor of the game, like you pretty much had the game like figured out. Like that, that was the mm. issue. But once you like figured out, once you like figured out how to play, like you've known how to do all the same stuff as me by playing the mm. game. You know how to right. slide thrust. You know how to thrust slide. You know how to Spartan charge. You know yeah. how to do like to reset your sprint. You know how to keep your momentum. Like you know how to do all these little like micro movements that like not a lot of people that wouldn't know unless they played for a lot. And I watch arena right. players; they all know the same thing. The thing that separates pros is that one, they're probably just a little bit more individually talented, and two, they actually get better practice. They know how to play right, better. Right. right. And yeah, it's just like frustrating right. to like see this game that's so hard to get into but it's not that hard to like you can't like mm. master it you know as much as like other games where like you look at like cs mm. or cs doesn't count that game's hard as shit but like you look at other games <laughs> that's a whole other like, beast. yeah that's a whole other beast but like, you look at other games like they're they're easy they're easily digestible from the start they're easily yeah. like understandable from yeah. the start like you can jump in you can shoot your gun and probably get a kill or two halo 5 see, it's and, like yeah. I have to jump. I have to sprint. I have to thrust. I have to Spartan charge. And do I, I have, have to ground pound? And, yeah, yeah it's like, shit. and I can't get any kills. Like, I can't imagine <laughs> like how overwhelming that is. Like, can you imagine uh, like jumping into Halo Five and just feeling worthless? Because that's probably what it's like. That's how I felt for about a year, dude. I yeah. I swear I was about to cry grinding that game, but the payoff was great when I finally figured out everything worked. Yeah, and, you know, I'm still and, grinding and trying to figure that out. But I, I, 
that's yeah and that's the inspiration for my content though honestly is like yeah. because of that that high skill floor i feel like there needs to be people that bridge the gap between the new players and that skill floor and helps yeah. them understand the exciting things that are in halo 5 and how you can get past that 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 you know that bridge and once you do you start to like the game but yeah man too little too late or or like you know the, the attention span of kids these days like yeah. you got to get in and it's got to be fun from Dude. the get-go right exactly it's yeah. it's it's exactly like that bungie documentary it's the making and fail too yeah. it's like one of the best things i've ever seen what what jason yeah. jones says right there is perfect he's like we are that crowd that if the game doesn't entertain us in five minutes we put it down and we never touch it again and yeah. like that's an important thing to have in the game world like if if your game isn't entertaining right away people aren't going to play it especially yeah. today it probably has to be entertaining exactly. in the first minute today for people to be like <sighs> okay this is fun so yeah. yeah i just low skill floor for halo infinite high skill ceiling and just make it enjoyable i don't even care like what's in it just like i'm past the point of like trying to press like push like my ideas onto halo um mm-hmm. i just want the game to be fun i i love halo yeah. i i will always enjoy halo that's a big part awesome. of my life i just i just want the game to be fun that's all i care about yeah man and and uh you know we can all pray that infinite is amazing from the get-go okay so tony i know you're in the background i know that we're like almost an hour in here i have two more questions i want to ask them i honestly don't care if this show goes on two hours i don't know if we have some sort of special schedule that we're running on tony but like i'll I'll just keep going let's go tony says let's go okay all right so uh so let's talk about the cod effect right now because uh the entire halo community is transporting themselves over to cod right now (laughs) that's what it seems like at least uh, recently, even you've talked about Black Ops 4, and it seems that you like the game. What do you think of this new COD title? What's your mindset on the the switch that everybody's making? Or are you thinking of that at all? What's going on? Um, I think I'm gonna go to Vegas for fun with like Penguin and APG and like someone else, and just kind of like enjoy myself. Event. Yeah, and just like kind of enjoy myself. I did the whole COD rodeo from Black Ops 2 to Ghost. I, I climbed my way up, and I was teaming with players who were pretty good, who are actually kind of at the top of the game now, and mm. I quit. So, like, I kind of already blew that chance, I think. Um, mm. I'm 25. By the time I restart and make connections and get back to a point where it's, like, manageable, I'll be on my way out, to be honest. So, <laughs> yeah, I would need to, like, get a huge break and get on a really good team right away with, a like, a pretty good salary to make it, like, somewhat justifiable for me. Um. Mm. But the game is incredible. Like the game, the kill times are fun. The the pace of the game is yeah. awesome. The it's kill time, pace, like the, yeah. the kill times are it's awesome. Like it's not too fast. It's not too slow. The guns right. all feel really good. The colors are very vibrant. It's a very like visually right. appealing game. I get into the so game have a and it's like old oh. and new maps too. Like I've yeah, they brought back a lot of maps and and like upscaled them and made them a little bit more colorful than they were in their past iterations and. Yeah. You know, like the water's super blue, and then like some maps have like really lush greens. It's, it's just like it's a very it from pops. an art. Yeah, it pops like it makes you like it, Fortnite does a good job of that. Fortnite's a very yeah. colorful game, very visually yeah. appealing. Um, yeah. I think Treyarch saw that games were moving towards that direction and did a good job with their art to make sure yeah. that these games like looked like this game looked visually appealing, but not like being too like demanding on like the game, like. I don't really get like any FPS drops, and like I don't see like over artistic, like situations in the game. It's just like, well, it's just colorful. Um, the yeah. game types are a little. The game types are a little meh. Hardpoint plays a little weird, but like the game is like at its core, it's fun. It goes back to mm-hmm. what we were just talking about. If you make a game exactly. fun from the start, it's probably going to be yeah. able to grow into something better. And yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. game types <laughs> or whatever. Right now, some of the maps are a little iffy. Um, 
some of the guns are a little strong, some of the guns are a little weak. That's all stuff that can be easily fixed. You can't fix the game not being fun. The game is actually extremely fun. Like if I get bored yeah. of pubs, I can go play Blackout. If I get bored of Blackout, I can go play Zombies. If I get bored of Zombies, Somebody I can go back to pubs. There's yeah, always, yeah, yeah. I was, the first night I was playing it, I was just sitting there and I was like, there's no way to get bored of this game. There's actually like no way to get bored. There's like because if you get God bored of one it. thing, you have a whole new experience. You get bored of that experience, yeah. you go to a new experience. Um, yeah. So it's like it. It does not surprise me for one because their scene is like outside of like their competitive, like inside their competitive scene. It does not surprise me that pro Halo players are um, attracted to the idea of switching. Um, yeah. For Splice Halo, it makes a ton of sense. They got signed to a multi-game contract. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. News yeah, no, it's, it's awesome for them. Frosty makes sense. He's a two-time world champ. He has a lot of clout. He was is able he to still get on, on talks though? What's happening? Like, is he gone or is he is he going to be at Atlanta? Do you know? I, th- I he is going to Atlanta. I don't think they're playing in any more two Ks, and I think right. that they're only going to scrim, and that's going to be like their practice. So I'm right. not. I'm not sure. I, that's just kind of what I've like heard from people. Um, mm-hmm. but like he got on E6. They're they're like top sixteen kids. He's. It makes sense for the like. It makes sense to me for those four players, five players with Shotzi. Whenever he comes around, because Shotzi absolutely, when he's eighteen, will probably end up going to Call of Duty unless Infinite's right. He's already kind of playing the control scheme too, like with the uh, left he's stick. Really good at God. I, he, of, yeah. From what I heard, like he started playing Call of Duty and got into Halo. Really. As like for okay. like fun, like he's he's always played both. Like I was talking to some like COD pros, and they were saying at the beginning of Infinite Warfare, Ant was like playing like tournaments and was annihilating them. And they couldn't believe Jeez, how good man. he was. So he's just a freak. He's just a freak. Yeah. Um, God damn it. But yeah, it's like. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a fun game. I I have nothing but positive things to say about it. There's there's a lot of issues in it still, but it's like it's stuff that you know will be fixed because it's not like the biggest problem. Like custom games are a little buggy. A couple of the spawns yeah. are a little wonky. Yeah. A couple of guns don't operate well, and a couple op- like operate too well. Uh, and those yeah. are minor issues. Those are quick fixes. Stuff that Treyarch will tune and make perfect. Yeah, and mechanically it seems to be like not too much, but just enough to have some depth to it. Like the grappling hook yeah. is interesting. You can jump out of it mid grapple, and you can propel yourself across the map farther. You can you know get to like vertical height advantage pretty fast too. Like mm-hmm. some of the stuff that I've been seeing with the grappling hook is pretty sick. You got the slide and the slide jumps and stuff. And that was those were things that I think uh, World at War was kind of lacking. I think it was like too yes. far back to bare bones, and I got bored of yeah. it. Yeah. You know? And that's yeah, that's what so. I said when I played the beta. Is I think it's a really good middle ground. It's like yeah, the slide yeah. is really strong, and like the speed of the game is really good, and like mantling. Like actually, it's funny because like in Black Ops Four, you can do a lot of like the stuff that Halo players do, where they're like clamber up and back up and clamber again and challenge. Can you do that. I tried that. that for like a good ten minutes, it. but it's not. It's way it. harder. You can do it with dexterity. You can do it with dex- the the perk dexterity with makes dexterity. you mantle faster. Okay, okay, you yeah, need a so. perk for. Yeah, right, yeah. This is the things so. that I look into. Yeah, so like you can yeah. do stuff like that. And that is like again, like it goes back to like the floor isn't too hard to get into. Like that's not stuff that you have to learn to beat to compete. But exactly. It's, gonna, it's what's yeah. gonna be separates it's gonna be what separates like the top players yes. from other top players. Yeah, yeah so I, I think we need a lot of that in Halo. Honestly, I, I hope that yeah. the the blow up I hope COD blows up, guys, you know, because I, I think that it'll it only, only set a precedent for console gamers. Like even the competitive stream is still or the competitive scene is still gonna be on console with PlayStation. 
Um, at the same time, I'm hoping that it, it helps 343 recognize the opportunity they have here to just continue to, you know, put resources into, into hopefully Halo 5 and into Halo in general and have like a huge yeah. launch with Halo Infinite. And like, it also shows you that as long as the streamers are playing it, like you can have a massive game that's massively successful. You just got to get players like Ninja and Shroud and them to jump on and have it on PC and whatnot. And yeah, then all of a sudden Halo's what, a thing again. You know what I mean? What, like, like it'll kind of swing right back around. Like Halo Five, I remember the first year of it. Like Summit was streaming it fairly consistently, and like uh, so I, Summit says on his stream all the time. Like I'm pretty good friends with Summit. Like, and he always says on his stream, like, or like we'll be playing something, and he'll say to me, he's like, God, I just wish there was a good Halo on PC. He would literally yeah. make it his main game. Like if Halo was on yeah. PC and enjoyable, he would play it every day. Yeah, and like exactly. that's a huge resource that like could absolutely be tapped into, and I just need to see that happen because like. I know Ninja has like his like issues with three four three and Halo and like he's he's be- always been very he's always been yeah. vocal about it. He has every right to be. Um, yeah. But I know when Infinite comes out and there's a little bit of hype behind it. I know Tyler. There's no way he's not gonna play he's it. Gonna yeah, hop on. No way. He's gonna hop on, yeah. and he's gonna want to play it. So it's like yeah. we have like we have a lot of like good things for Infinite that could come around. But Foundations we also have, there like, for Halo. Yeah. But we have a lot of like things that like. It was a very judgmental community. If the game's not yeah. what they want, like they'll immediately start to shit on it. And like that's the yeah. bad thing. If the game's not what Ninja wants and Ninja gets on stream to hundred K people and starts bashing it, oh, like it's God. gonna be bad. And everybody's and gonna it, agree with him too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like yeah. they they, they have to it's, it's Carpe Diem, man. They have to seize seize the moment. This is a good moment for Halo. This is probably the best situation that it's been in. They're taking a big break. They're letting everybody kind of mentally reset. They're letting the community kind of like actually kind of fiend for a Halo game for the first time in a while. That's an interesting outlook on things. I didn't even consider that. People are missing Halo right now. Yeah. And like they need to seize the moment. Like they need to make a game that is good and fun. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's classic or advanced or has all this crazy shit in it. It just needs to be fun. Like it's yeah. at the end of the day, if it's fun, people are going to play it and stream it. If it's fun to play and fun to watch, it's going to do well. It's, okay. it's that easy. It's not that easy. It's it's that easy. It's easily. It's said, not easy. It's not very easy. difficult. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, easily I, said, I'll pray. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I hope that you're going to be there. I know you will, and I'm I'm going to do everything in my power to to you know help that transition be the best transition possible into the next Halo, and, and you know that the community thrives as a result. Um, but yeah, all we're doing is waiting and twiddling our thumbs, man. I hope they have a big event coming up because I heard there's an Xbox event coming up at the end of the year. But um, yeah, Scott already said on Twitter that they don't have anything planned for the expo, though. I got damn it! Don't don't tell me yeah. that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we're gonna see much until like middle of next year. I, th- I think we'll see yeah. more at E3. Yeah. That's my guess. If I was a betting man. Okay. God damn, that's so far away. I can't wait that long. All right. So we'll miss it in Phoenix, though. Yeah. So that's everything pretty much that I wanted to cover, but I have this one question, this final question here, and is uh, what is it about beanies that I'm missing out on here, dude? It looks like, is this like your trademark headwear? I rarely see you without it. You're always wearing a beanie. Is there like a, an optimal reason for it? Is it like the pressure of the beanie on your head is like allowing you to focus better or something? So like, is there a deeper meaning? Why the beanies? Um, I think it's like a social anxiety thing be honest what? like it's really weird but yeah like when i was like 16 i had like really really long hair i was like 15 14 15 16 i had like really you got really the long Ola hair. locks though you got the long pistola and he likes and, to rock man yeah and i just like always 
like had that hair and then I cut it and I was like really weird about it and I started wearing a beanie. And like the best way to explain it is like if I go out without this on, like I literally feel naked. It's really weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's a social anxiety thing. I think it's like some people get a dog for their social anxiety. Some people have other things that help them with their social anxiety. I just wear a beanie. Luckily, it's stylish it's and not a lot of people like worry about it. But um, yeah, I, I I can like go without it for a few hours. Like if I have to do like something formal, like I won't wear it. <laughs> I can go without it for a few hours. <laughs> but like, before you, for, like yeah, but like. But yeah, no, I'll actually like start to like get really bad anxiety if I don't wear it. It's really, oh, it's, dude. it's really odd. It's, it's luckily yeah. like it helps with that though. So like, you know, some uh-huh. people like can't deal with it and like anxiety crippling. Like I put on a beanie and I feel better. Like it's, it's pretty nice actually that that's like that's, the, the yeah. least of my problems. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it just, it's, it's like a comfort thing. Like I enjoy wearing it in terms of like, it just it's uh, comfortable like I, i'm on stage i enjoy wearing it with like the headphones i enjoy like it's just it's all a comfort yeah. thing mostly okay comfort in life like it's very weird but yeah uh, just something unique about me i guess well i mean when you're at your most comfortable you're at your most confident honestly dude i can directly relate with you i do the same thing this on my hands these two rings on my index fingers yeah. my watch and my bracelet if i don't have this on when i leave the house i feel naked it's the same type of thing yeah i didn't think of it as like a social anxiety thing but like i honestly think about it actively I, like i i feel like i can't be myself in my confident way like yeah. you'll never see me in a youtube video without my watch and my rings on so i, yeah. I can relate to you there yeah yeah I, so i yeah I, I, maybe social anxiety isn't the right word but just like social comfort well like just I, maybe feeling... i'm just afraid to say that maybe it is you know yeah. what i mean i just don't maybe, put maybe, myself yeah. and say like i have social yeah. anxiety <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i think everybody has yeah. social anxiety honestly we Shit, all have a bit right it's exhausting yeah. and scary sometimes but yeah like I, 2018. I, just, <laughs> I was like 16 and i just started wearing it i just noticed like i was always like more comfortable and confident so like without yeah. it like yeah. If I wake up and can't find this, I have like, well, I have like seven of these. Everyone thinks I always yeah. wear the same one. One for every I day of the week usually, or what? No, I do usually wear the same one for an extended period of time until like uh-huh. it actually starts to like be gross. And then I'll wash it okay. and then wear a different one. Um, <laughs> okay, so you do wash the beanies, confirm. Yes, okay. I'm not. Uh, I, it was funny, dude. In London, I had like these two girls come up to me and they were like, you wash the beanie and i'm like of course like <laughs> you had to like, try to do you? the accent too. they're like they're like telling asking me if i'm dirty and stuff and i'm like this I'm like kind of offended actually but yeah okay and i just like walked away like went and hung out with other people and i was like that was weird you know maybe they're into that though maybe you missed an opportunity like if you let the conversation continue it evolved they would have been like well, no we actually like the fact that you don't wash the beanie <laughs> They nah, got some I have weird a girlfriend. Dog. I don't I know where I'm going. I have a girlfriend. Okay, I was okay, okay. Like, <laughs> respect. I respect that. I respect that. And and apparently you're wearing some beanie attire as well on your shirt. You've got uh yeah, what's my, on your shirt? Uh, my I don't know if my UGC shirt actually. It's just beanie yeah, bros. And I, here I am representing new UGC and I have no idea what beanie bros is. What is this? That was when I w- actually took streaming serious. That was my sub my sub my sub subscriber names. Subscribers names? Subscriber <laughs> Community. Welcome to the Beanie Bros. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That was it. You have like Beanie emotes. You know what? That actually, uh, that, yeah, and and that directly leads me into just the end of the interview here, man. Thank you so much. And how can we connect oh. with you, like with Twitter, with Twitch? How can we get you streaming? Are you going to be ever streaming anymore? Uh, where can we find you? Um, streaming. I don't like to give any promises. 
It's one of those things <laughs> that I'm very like come and go with. But my Twitch is twitch.tv slash iMickwin, like iPhone, okay. iMickwin. And then my Twitter is at Mickwin. <laughs> right, 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 right here. Um, I'm stupid. Stupid. I don't know. My, my screen right setup there. is weird. I got like a chat box yeah. on the right side and I can't even see the right side of you. But yeah, that's, wherever that's he's pointing. Right? Oh, it's right there. Yeah, at Mickwin, right, right yeah, there. That's my Twitter. So, uh, yeah, you can follow my Twitter and. I don't really tweet a lot anymore either. I'm actually pretty. Uh, <laughs> You're not pretty, selling like, yourself very well, dude. <laughs> I keep to myself a lot now nowadays. Yeah. I'm a pretty quiet. Like, I used to be very open and stuff, but I've just kind of just calmed down. I think I'm just getting older, type thing. Okay, well, regardless uh, of what no. you're doing, your gameplay speaks for itself, man. Honestly, right now, <laughs> you. the best players in the game. I hope to see more of what I saw last week on Refuge CTF, dude. That was insane. I want to see you pick up that sniper rifle. Thank you so much for joining me in this interview. Uh-huh. I, Dude, Thanks it went past me. an hour, and and I've enjoyed the entire time. I feel like I can still be talking to you. Fun. So hopefully we get to continue yeah. to connect, man. And, and good luck at Atlanta. Thank Thanks Thank for coming you. on. From. All right, guys, we're going to be right back. We have a quick break, and I know we're, we're going on for the long haul here. Get your food, get your, your popcorn, whatever you got, and come back. And we're we'll going to be talking with Callus. We're talking about macro analysis with the Macro Mastermind. Like I said, guys, we are back with HCS Weekly, and right now we have the Macro Mastermind of Competitive Halo. Guys, he's been on the grind with film analysis for a very long time, reached out to me after my YouTube channel, and honestly, he's one of the most knowledgeable macro analysts in Competitive Halo right now. You guys, this is going to be a great discussion. Very excited to have Callus on right now, and he's the new coach of the PBL Pirates, which we'll talk about as well. Welcome, Callus, to the stream. How's hey, it going, man? What's up? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, let's get you, move it, try to move the camera down just a tiny bit so we can see, like, is you're really low right now? Or can you move oh. it? Can you adjust it? There we yeah. go. Yeah, perfect, dude. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. You're good. How's it going, What's man? What's going on? Off work? Yeah, I, I didn't know when you'd need me on, so I just kind of, yeah, I ran home from work, and I, I just had my work shirt on still. Awesome, dude. Yeah, no, I kept you waiting. Um, but let's get right into it, man, because I know you've been with Halo for a very long time. Uh, not just analyzing film, but you played Halo. You know, you tried, I think you tried to compete at one point, too. So tell me about that. How did you first get into Halo? Uh, do you have any background competing? Yeah, uh, I've been competing my whole life, man. It's It's been a crazy, on and off, you know, after Halo 3. But for me, it all started, I didn't have an Xbox at first. Uh, so I had to, like, begged to go to my cousin's house and they had an xbox and so I, yeah. I like played campaign over there with them and i was just like i love this game and then i would go over there and land with them and get my ass just handed to me by my cousins and all their friends and that kind of sparked the competitive fire in me you know throughout halo one and i was grinding it a lot and i didn't know about mlg until halo 2 actually but you know i went to like wcg like a local 1v1 qualifier and then like top two advanced to regionals and then top two go to like wherever the finals were and i got like seventh but there was like a hundred people in 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 the vegas one that blew my mind i was i was a kid and i was like man so these six people are better than me okay (laughs) they live here in the city so that's kind of how i started and mlg i found out about it i had to miss the first they had like three events in 05 that were near me because I'm in Vegas. They had a Vegas event and then two, I think in Anaheim and uh, LA events. So two Cali events. And I missed them. I was out of the country. I was in Cuba, like visiting family. And it was 06. I came back, you know, and all right, boom, hit the grind, went to Anaheim in 06. Yeah. And never looked back. You know, I like just been competing ever since. 
Yeah. I don't know. I took a break after Halo 3. You know, I graduated high school. I'm old, man. I'm 28. Like, so that was like, <laughs> it's like Halo 3 came out and I was finishing high school and then I went to college. And I took like a six year, I slowed down. You know, I, I just kind of competed yeah. one event, came back for H2A, you know, and I don't know. The, the Halo history is like long, but I don't have, I never became pro, you know, that was like the goal always. Yeah, but you've always been there though too, which is interesting because I remember we have all we talk a lot about this too. Like you knew about Carnage back in Halo Two. Like you've seen these guys, like the best players on their rise from the very beginning of competitive Halo. I gotta say, man, I envy all you guys from the U.S. who experienced the birth of competitive Halo because I feel like in Canada we didn't get that at all. You know, like mm -hmm. it wasn't around us, it wasn't next door. But I think as a kid experiencing like like you said, like a hundred other players playing Halo, that's got to be inspiring. Like. It's got to make you want to get an Xbox and play more. So even if you're not like at the top of the competitive ladder, just experiencing that growth of the scene and being there with it, I think that's like an amazing thing. And it's what led you to get to where you are now, right? So, um, and and you right. don't just play now. So now you said you took kind of like a break off of, not break, but like you kind of stepped away from the playing side of things a little bit. And now you're doing something called match analysis. And you do a lot of this. You do it for so many people too, which I think is amazing. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But what Thank is you. it about film analysis? No problem, dude. What is it about film analysis that is exciting for you? And and try to, like, what is film analysis exactly? How does it work? Why is it exciting? Because most people, honestly, most people don't like this. This is the grind that people try to avoid. So tell me a bit about it. Why is it exciting for you? And, uh, and yeah. Okay. It wasn't exciting for me. I, I It was like pulling teeth at first, man. It, for, okay. And what so is it, all it too? Tell me a bit about, like, how it works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, for okay. For me, there's... People watch VOD a lot, right? You can watch the first person and you learn a lot yeah. of the micro and that's so important. You have to be a beast at Halo. You got to be individually on point and know what you're doing and how to shoot. But then there's like mm -hmm. the macro side of things where you go into and you watch the theater and you watch it in third person and you rewind it and you watch it from everyone's perspective and see what's going on. Right. And that's what is tedious because it's boring. You're not watching like gun skill and crazy no scopes. You're watching movement and positioning and setting mm -hmm. up and being aggressive and rotating or not being aggressive, being passive aggressive, setting up a bait, uh, you know, doing these push and pulls. And I really got, I got to thank Thurlian for that. And, and H2A, I came back, I heard, oh my gosh, they're going to remake MC or MCC's coming out. They're going to remake Halo 2. And that was my game. That's the game. I, that was my bread and butter. I loved Halo 2. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, I came into H2A and competed. And once all the tournaments ended, Thurlian was like, hey, let me teach you how Who's to watch Thurlian? film. And he's, he's this this crazy smart halo player uh and uh, he i don't even know he just showed me how to look at theater basically i competed in halo 2 and i was like a top 32 kid which uh, was like uh, you know back then maybe it meant more than now because back then it was like 200 teams per event uh so i was a top 32 kid and then i met thoroughly in an h2a and this guy never played halo 2 he was a halo 3 kid but he was okay. teaching me things i never thought about as far as positioning and how to how to set up and, and perpetuate a spawn trap or how to collapse on a team. And I'm just like, where were you in Halo 2 Classic? And he showed me through film. And so that's mm -hmm. what kind of got me, got the wheels turning. And that's how I learned to improve a lot faster is, okay, you, you don't have to grind 10 hours a day. You can watch a film for one hour and extract 10 times more information from just that one wow. film. And uh -huh. so that's how it started for me. You know, I didn't like it at first. It was just like everyone else. It was boring. We'd sit there for two hours 
And I'm sitting there scratching my head like, all right, Thurley and, you know, Abe, why are we doing this? Why is this taking so long? This game was 11 minutes long. Why are we here for two hours freaking, you know, watching this? Guys, this is real. Tell us spend like two, three, four hours looking at a game and break down every little thing about the, you know, the the macro gameplay, the decision making, the team when they're setting up, you know, there's so much to it. Sorry, I cut you off there. but (laughs) You're good. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's that's what it is for me is kind of analyzing the micro mm-hmm. and the macro, right? The the big picture, because I think you just can't see it all. This and stats, you know, a lot of players go off of stats and they'll they'll judge off of that. Stats don't lie, but they don't tell the whole truth. So you right. gotta go into theater and check right. it out. Right. It's interesting though, because it, it kind of like directly contradicts how people like to play Halo typically. Because Halo's got this weird balance of teamwork and individual skill, right? The way that Halo works, it's not like League of Legends where everybody has a champion and they have they're designated to a specific role and there's direct counters right. to your role. Instead, if you are playing like a god in Halo, you can slay the entire team. If you can hit that peak level of individual skill, it doesn't matter what, about the macro strategy and positioning in some circumstances. That execution could destroy everybody, right? So it creates this clash right. where, people, where people think they don't have to study. They don't have to be aware of that stuff. They can just focus on individual skill. But in the end of the day, what you're saying is if you actually take the time to go to film and focus on these macro elements, you can learn so much and you could build so much about your competitive game. You could advance your skills so quickly. I think so many people are missing that that's one of the big reasons why i wanted to to highlight what you do as well so yeah man so, I so now yeah it's the whole the don't miss yeah. don't lose mentality right like I mean, look at the mickwin clips you guys played that guy wasn't missing and they didn't lose they were just <laughs> on point yeah that's, that's mickwin's literal mentality yeah, he, right. he literally like we actually had a conversation before the interview and uh, he was talking with Renegades uh, like it was before their final match with Talks or something like that. And he's like, guys, honestly, just don't miss your shots, you know, <laughs> like just, just hit your shots and we'll win. That's <laughs> that's it. You know, like it's crazy that that mindset actually carries over into the top level of play. But then we have players, you know, individuals like yourself who are, who are studying this and recognizing that these teams are actually following specific patterns and that there are differences between the top teams and the lower teams. And I want to talk about that as well, like what Splice is doing that's different that's allowing them to win, right? Um, mm-hmm. So so fast forward now. Now you actually have, have accomplished something pretty amazing. You're coaching the PBL Pirates. Now, PBL Pirates, as a, as a roster, like a team, they're not well-known, of course. But guys, check out this roster. This is actually a pretty amazing roster that Kaos is going to be working with. We've got Commonly, we got Straight Six, we got Soul Snipe, and Truck 84. These are all individually very talented players. There's a lot of potential. How did this opportunity come about exactly? I uh, don't really... No, I actually didn't know. I didn't really believe it was even real when commonly I, I DM'd him. I, I, I got on Twitter and I saw uh-huh. a few of the members. I think, I don't know if it was commonly and, and uh, Mikey or Soul Sniper tweeting out, hey, who's going, who's already going to be at ATL? We need a coach. And I saw other people right. responding and I was like, man, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to knock on their door and just DM them. And I DM'd like two of them or three of them and just really being annoying, but it worked. I don't know. Commonly was like, yeah, we'd love to have you. And I didn't believe him at first. And mm-hmm. I don't know, here I am, you know, just DMing them and just asking them. I told them, hey, if you want a serious analyst, I'm going to, I'll go all in. I'll yeah. buy my plane ticket tonight if you guys want it. Like if you want someone who's going to look Damn at dude. all your games, all your, you know, review yeah. all your 2Ks, look at your immediate competition starts, me, like middle game rotations, end game strats, hit me up. I'm, I'm down. And so a huge mm-hmm. shout out to, you know, to Blackbeard and, and the Pirates. Like I can't, I can't be more excited than I am right now. It's crazy. Been waiting for something Damn, like man. this for so long. Like. It was been it's been my so, my dream to to find four really individually talented people mm-hmm. that I can just work with.
with, right? Because I can't play. Like I broke my hand on my wrist five months ago and I stopped competing a year ago. And, and so now it's just like, I still want to compete and be involved, mm-hmm. but I, I need to find a, you know, a team that's talented, but also wants to, to grow and wants to like watch film. And they said they were down. Yeah. So. So you've got, you've got that know. platform. So, so the next step is, is what are you going to do with these guys? Right. Cause like, so I know this announcement's mm. brand new, so you haven't really had an opportunity to work with them yet, but I know you watched their 2k gameplay last weekend. Um, so what do you think these guys bring to the table so far on an individual level? Do they like, how do they show potential? Like from what you recognize of their individual gameplay and um, yeah, off of what you've seen on last weekend's 2k. So far, I'm really impressed with just how vicious these guys are. And, and, and we know, we know they are. I mean, maybe people might not know about Drock and Soul Snipe, but you know, when I was competing in, in H5, I saw Soul Snipe at the events and he was always, always placing, you know, doing like doing good, like in the top 12, top 10, you know, and then Drock, yeah. this guy's always getting to the FFA finals and he's individually talented, but I've been impressed with, so Druck seems to be vicious and fearless with OBJ. Like this guy will just do counterintuitive things, fly off a ring three and jump into your into your rocks on refuge and pull the flag when it's there and it's about to reset mm. just because like he doesn't give a shit. He's gonna soar and grab it. And then like Soul right. Snipe seems to be very talented, but also will do like these will set up longer plays that will work out in, in the in the long term, not something that's like, okay, it's gonna be instantly gratifying right now. And then we already know, you know, straight sick. He's been tearing it up in Halo for years. I've been a huge fan for a yeah, long time. Yeah, crazy with the sniper. He'll be down in shots and he'll turn turn around and just reversal you, and it blows my mind. And yeah. commonly we've seen him same thing. He catch fire with the snipe, catch fire with the weapons, and he's gonna fly around the map and commonly flies right and super vicious team. <laughs> so I'm hoping that we can kind of you know mesh well and, and prepare on on the the macro like the the strategy strategy side of things before atlanta and that's what i hope to do i hope to just aid you know they don't they don't even need they don't need a coach they don't need me i'm just trying to be the secret sauce in the background to give something you know that they can do because i believe in these guys they're super talented right so do you have any kind of strategy like what's the ideal scenario over the next few weeks like you want to like meet with them regularly how would how what would that look like so yeah we got strategy like yeah I want Sorry, to get no, together continue. at least once a week, you know, for, for film. Yeah. Like, but I can't be naive enough to be like to think that we're gonna all five of us find a way to to coincide our schedules and get together multiple times a week. So for now, yeah. up here, let me let me pull this up. You know, I'm gonna you guys better not pause this. You won't be able to read it anyways, but I'm just like, oh, it's not gonna show, it's not gonna it's not right. So I can't bright. even see it on my side of the screen. So. Can't even see what are you trying it? To oh, it's not is it gonna show? Oh, it's way I've been too writing bright. notes. Way too bright. Right, no, no, I saw it. You sent me an email too. Yeah, so yeah, like, Callus, at the moment, like, just even before you're working with the sessions right now, you've compiled like a whole series of notes on what you notice about the team and the enemy team, like the opposing teams that've been playing against, and like strategies and whatnot, which I think is pretty crazy. Um, and and it also makes me realize, so like, you've been following Halo closely for a long time. This is a long question I got here, and and you know, it's it's evolved for a while, right? And of course, there was a lot of hatred towards Halo Five. People seem to have this idea that with the abilities in the game, the game is kind of snowball It doesn't really work for competitive play. What do you think of, of this idea that people have been, you know, challenging with Halo 5? Do you think Halo 5 works? Is it too snowball Um, What do you have to say about that? It's definitely different. I'll tell you that, yeah. right? I, I mean, I was, when Halo 5 came out, it was just, what is this? It was culture shock. It didn't feel like Halo, 
at all for the yeah. first year. But I think once they got rid of the you know the the weapon pickups on the map, those the the autos and then the splinter nades, and they nerfed the radar. It's still kind of weird having radar in Halo because it's never had radar yeah. competitive. But I think that made it seem more like Halo to me, and. Mm. I, I see where people are coming from that it's very different, but to me, I hold the opinion that it's conceptually similar to to classic Halo. You know, the split after Halo 3, when you get Reach, they introduce Bloom and they introduce Sprint, and then Halo 4, right. Sprint, and then H2A, brief classic Halo, right? And then back to Sprinting, and right. now Halo 5 is, everyone's super saiyan in Halo 5, running around the map, dynamic. To me, the biggest yeah. difference is just speed. In classic Halo, you would, it was more setup-based, and the rotations were more calculated and now it's like hyper aggression but the concepts are still the same it's still you got to set up you got to know are you doing a 3-1 are you doing a 2-1-1 are you doing a four-man push are you doing a 2-2 push how what's are you mm -hmm. setting up a spawn trap where you're gonna you know they're gonna spawn you know on plaza on loop because you have gold blue and, and nest you know they're gonna be loop or you're gonna create a, a split spawn and like leave blue open and have half of them spawn like loop and blue like what do you want to do you did that in classic halos too it's just now it's yeah you got your nikes on and you can fly across the map and be there like in half the time but it's the same halo to me now i would like to see some changes like get rid of the radar completely keep your teammates on it or anything but get rid of it get rid of the weapon yeah even though timers. even though the uh because it's like an ability tracker now it's not even they don't even call it like a radar right because right, right. It, it would be tough. you can hear it all but imagine how fast the gameplay would be like if you didn't have that indication that there was a player like flying across with ability beside you. Um, that is an interesting perspective too. I know the harder, community tried right? it for a while. They tried no yeah. radar and I felt lost. I had a lot of fun, but I felt lost. Yeah, like, you, felt lost. Are, you don't know where they are yeah. because the map, this like the game is multi-tiered more than other halos, I think, and the maps are busier. So in yeah. classic halos, you really needed to rely on the communication. And like when you spawn, tell them, Hey, I spawn here and behind you. I'm pushing this way now you, you mm. got the little blue dots and the blue rectangles on your radar like and if you know the meta you can piece it together and you know okay mm. my teammates spawn over here so that means the enemy is probably over there and you need less of that get rid of the radar and we're going to see a whole mess of awareness though we might yeah right because i think that's one of the biggest things too is it's not even just the radar to track opponents it's the radar tracks where your teammates are and i think your awareness of where your teammates right. are is so much more it's almost like more important than it's ever been right so understanding the lane that they're going down and making sure that you're not you know collapsing in the same area you're staying expanded mm -hmm. which is something i want to touch on as well um yeah and it's, it's kind of totally evolved in that regard and the radar kind of helps keep things on track so it would be interesting i wonder if that would add some sort of a confusion or if like they would you know it would prioritize individual skill even more so but um, uh, so one thing is that you've also studied Splice a bit as well, right? And we know that Splice, mm -hmm. so right now they did get beat by Tox recently, but Splice has been incredibly dominant in Halo at some points. Like so dominant, they have run over Tox completely. They've run over other like pro teams as if it wasn't really even a challenge. Like, like 4-0, 8-0, it's been unbelievable. What is Splice doing that's different? Is there something that Splice doing that Splice is doing that's different than other pro, pro teams? Or is it literally that they're just that individually talented? I feel like it's got to be a combination of both. What do you think? I agree. I think it is a combination of both. Like, so if we backtrack, we saw before Splice, right? We know it was like CLG and then Optic and then Tox, right? The Tox right. squad just dominated all of Halo 5. And I think those guys have a foundation of classic Halo. I know like Snakebite was competing and already, you know, placing in the money and reach. And all these guys have this rich background. So I think they just figured out that you need to 
be aggressive in this game, maybe faster than the other teams. And they were, and then, you know, Frosty pushing the envelope, like Mickin was saying at first, you know, being that, that guy doing all the individual, the crazy things that he was doing, you know, that we watched Frosty mm. do. Um, I think that kept them on top, the hyper aggression, but also having that foundation of not just the skill, but knowing how to, how to stay expanded on the maps and work together. Splice comes in and I think these guys, I think we all know that they're faster. Right. And I, yeah, that's why we saw talks kind of come back at the last tournament. They started just sprinting more and, and getting more in the face and playing more, you know, intuitive halo um, to match that speed. So but besides the, the speed and the incredible individual talent that they all have, I think the biggest difference between those two teams, in my opinion, is that Splice has a better grasp of uh, spacing on the map. They I okay. see them expand more like we take Coliseum, for example. Uh, you have the, the four lanes, you know, the maybe talks will do like a three one and they'll send three guys snipe, one guy rockets or something, which is so totally high meta, you know, it, it's it's great. But then splice might they might do a one 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 one. Well they have one guy top rockets, one guy yeah. like playing like maybe two guys on snipe, one guy's on the pyramid, the other guy's like uh on the mazes playing like a high low. And then the fourth guy is literally playing courtyard to courtyard. You know, like we see Eco do it all the time. But he does no yeah. shits given. It's like he'll spawn and he'll see, oh, I have Stellar. You Runs know, for the the two guys. Fuck it. I'm just yeah. right through the middle. I'm a tank. And and that gives you <laughs> so much more visibility because now talks can't. Yeah. They can't just go window. They can't just take any any middle routes. They have to respect that that middle lane that's being played already. Or that's uh -huh. the strat, that's the macro differences. A 3-1 versus like a 1-1-1-1 or, or even a 2-2. Two, two, two rockets, two snipe side. You get uh -huh. it's Pros and cons on both, and that to me, that's so, in a nutshell. That's all it is, because they're both really teams are individually crazy talented. You know, yeah. If you, yeah. you put FFA and they're all just going to be, oh shit, <laughs> you know, it's not going to like someone's going to get destroyed. They're all going to be really vicious. I wonder, do, like, I, I don't feel like, like maybe they do actively take time studying it, but they just don't seem like the team that takes time actively studying that macro thing. They just must have this innate understanding of that spacing. Like, like you're saying, it's just. The other teams will prioritize three-one situations, and you know that can work out. But with Splice, they're just so individually talented. They decide to completely space themselves, you know, perfectly with that that one-one-one style, or even the two-and-two style that you were saying with the duos, and and it seems to work out in that way. So that whole expanded nature of play seems to be evolving and like pushing the meta in Halo, right? Because I think this is like the last two last year maybe that we've finally seen this kind of style of play where everybody's taking that individual lane of aggression. And and I think it's forcing other players, players or other teams to learn and adapt as well. It's nuts. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's been crazy just watching what, what Splice has done and then watching talks retaliate. It's like the last tournament was so exciting to watch that. It's crazy. I wish I could like yeah, download but... the films and analyze that, but you can't. That's the worst thing too. On land. Yeah, as a, as a film analyst, you can't. So yeah, how does that even work? How do you get access? Let's say I'm somebody who wants to study film right now and I want to look at the top pro teams and their gameplays. How do I get access to these gameplays? How can I look at film myself and actually like gain something from this? So I just use Halo Waypoint. Just make an account, okay. sign in, link your gamer tag to the Halo Waypoint account and be a stalker. Find out the gamer tags of who you want to see and, and go on Twitter, find yeah. out, oh, who's scrimming who? Or just watch the 2K and say, oh, these two teams played each other. I want to watch that. And then find find that gamer tag on halowaypoint.com, sign in. Mm -hmm. 
bookmark that. Just go down and bookmark all that shit. Be greedy and just get everything. That's all free information for you guys to go out there and just download and have this it there like, on your Xbox. Treat it like school. This is studying right here. Eh? This is like, like reading yeah. your books in between. Uh, yeah, this is real. And that's that's actually like the difference maker for something. So that's interesting. I think everyone learns differently. Like I was, Nick was saying how he learns more from like trial and error, right? Grinding and then you, you get shit on and you're like, okay, what happened? Okay, I shouldn't do this anymore. I shouldn't go here. Um, you need to and, do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you need to do that for sure. And then I just, I think it's like just, you just need both though. You need to find a balance to have the, the theater to help you out to see. I think when you see things in a third person perspective, it changes it from Halo being an FPS it is it's a first person mm -hmm. shooter but if you mm -hmm. you get rid of that mindset and you pull yourself out of that fps mindset and you just watch a third person now you start seeing patterns unfolding from the bigger picture like oh i've seen this this pattern over and over again every time i make this push you know it doesn't work out or i create a split yeah. spawn why so you watch a third why, person yeah. you see why see how you're affecting your spawns or not affecting them the right way or pulling your team spawns towards you and you don't want your team to spawn here in this in this situation yeah there, there are actually some crazy spawns in this game, right? I know you have pretty like hyper awareness of some of the spawns, like even on on Truth, right? There are some crazy spawns in the bases. What's that all about? Yeah, so they have they've kind of sectioned off. I think the tiers on the bases where you know it, even if you're in the base pulling the flag, someone could spawn right behind you in the nades if you're further up towards like the ninety percent of that window entrance, or even if you're in the car attic, they'll spawn behind uh -huh. you. And for I think for years people were just calling BS on that, like, oh, Halo Five is bullshit. What, what is this? This would never happen in classic Halo. But it's like, well, it's not bullshit if that's how it's meant to be. So then use it to your advantage. Go on the car attic to make them spawn. You you talked about that. I think Shotzi did that in one of uh, the, yeah. your your previous videos where he did that on purpose and someone spawned basement or they can spawn basement and not behind you and you're not gonna know. But if you're in the mm -hmm. flag, you push the the spawns further towards like car typically, unless you're putting pressure there right. and you you might spawn in the basement or you might get that weird uh i've seen people spawn almost in p2 and it's like how does that happen it's because you have a guy in the enemy like you're in the basement of the enemy team so they can't spawn basement you're pulling the flag so they can't spawn there and then you're, uh -huh. you're throwing nades and just armageddon on car side so halo 5 is like all right we're gonna throw you in p2 bro sorry and it's it makes <laughs> sense though <laughs> yeah. yeah it's the only safe spot that's so interesting. So like having that that innate awareness of all the spawn points and where players can end up, you as a team can start to manipulate that and then kind of, you know, like have the game in, in the palm of your hand, so to speak. Now it moves very fast pace and it's hard to stay in control of all those situations. But I think in like certain scenarios like that, that make or break scenario that you're able to force that spawn in a location and your whole team is aware of that fact and they can pounce and collapse and make sure they get that slay, that rotation. That's a flag cap. You know what I mean? That's a game changing point right, right there. Um, there's another crazy spawn that I actually hate. Uh, you know about it too. On the on Coliseum, what's you know that Coliseum spawn on the bottom of uh, Sniper Ramp? I want you to explain it. So, <laughs> oh, on the on the sneaky steps, like right yeah, where you yeah. can clamber up and go pyramid or whatever, like spawn right there right. behind people. Yeah, it happens on Elbow too. I remember playing Bo Mex's team a year ago, and and this guy would freaking got that spawn on me and would backsmack me. Like I'd get like a crazy double or triple. All right, let's go, let's go, and then backsmack. What the fuck why is that yeah. happening i feel yeah, like there's a yeah what's up 
No, I was just saying there's a ridiculous spawn. It's so guys, if you're on the end of the snipe ramps, uh, like on either red or blue side, and you're standing, I'm thinking about red side right now, and you're you're hiding behind the rocks with a sniper, like beside oven, let's say, players can still spawn in the red cave directly beside you if other spawn points are being blocked. Like if somebody's mm -hmm. tossing nades in red elbow or back of red base, you could have a player spawn literally right beside you on red cave while you're behind that rock on the bottom of red snipe ramp. And that it feels broken. It makes sense according to the system when you see it happen in, in theater but it's like it's ridiculous it's, it doesn't make it's sense if you don't go in theater though it does exactly like it if you doesn't... don't go in theater you don't see it yeah yeah and so yeah. i feel like the 343 probably they had they created like like a, a safe net a safety net okay when when sh all shit goes bad and, and you're playing a super aggressive team and all four of them held, hold forward in your base and block everything you have to have some sort of perimeter spawn that'll happen so i think it happens on the cave and it happens on the elbow you get the triple spawn points on the elbow you could be like on the back elbow uh right. on the top end of it and they'll spawn right in front of you like underneath where you could you could spawn trap them there and right, and, right you know, below frosty yeah. do it yeah and it happens yeah. on cave it ha on truth it happens on the bubbles so you always want to be on the more of the car side top end of the car bubbles if you're playing that because if you're in the bubble you might not see the the, the front courtyard spawns the car one those those areas or the front base spawns near the car side wow. you won't see it if you're if you're there and so it's not bs if you study and know that just just go back play play more on the on the car two side of bubble and you'll see them all they're going to spawn in the bubble in front of you or underneath you and it's it's easy pickings because yeah. their back is turned to you just don't choke right yeah, yeah. Understand where to position yourself, where to be looking, right? Because even the direction you're looking affects spawns. Whether you're throwing nades or shooting in that location affects spawns. So, like, I think, yeah, your your you know hyper awareness of those types of types of situations can allow you to really manipulate the game in a way. And I think that that's interesting and important. And that's something that you would not know unless you're studying that that film, right? So, uh, so how can we get more people studying the film, Callis? Tell tell me a little bit about what you would like to. I know you're so busy now, but but what do you offer for the community? Um, in terms of like film analysis, if I'm a, a player that's looking to get better, how can I come to you or, or where should I go? I also wanted to give a shout out to SVP. Can you talk a little bit about SVP as well? Yeah, the Discord. Yeah. So yeah, SVP is uh, is the Spartan train Spartan V program. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I, I went to the, one of the Microsoft tournaments here in Vegas, and yeah, I met this guy named Gary, and I think his gamer tag is uh, Yu-Gi-Oh Tools. So shout out to yeah. him. He he told me he runs this this program for. Halo players who are trying to basically improve, right? But at the team aspect, right. like the esports aspect of it. And so that they have this amazing community of, of tight-knit players who they're all over the world. You know, there's people in, in Europe, you know, a lot of people here, some people in Canada. And and we just help each other grow, right? And no matter where you are, if you're like a plat or a silver, that's what they're all about. Um, and that's when I heard that, I wanted to get involved immediately because that's kind of what I want to do with film. When I stopped competing last year and, you know, my team just kind of fell apart, I still wanted to help mm -hmm. the community, but I didn't want to, I wasn't competing. So I had the idea, screw it. Let me just do film sessions. This is what I like to do. And I felt like, like what you said, people were, are neglecting that side because it's boring. It's a boring grind. So yeah, I just started giving out film sessions. And, and so if you want one, it just hit me up on just DM, just hit me up on, on Twitter, you know, or on Xbox live. If I, you know, I'll read the, the messages and, and send me a, a recent loss with your team. Yeah. If you don't have a team, go play with three friends. Just get me a team, a, a match where you had everyone using their microphones. Everyone was trying to win yeah. and you still shut the bed and lost. That's all. That's the only requirement. <laughs> send me that. Yeah. And I would love to get in there with you guys and just review the gameplay, you know, for 30 minutes or an hour and, that's usually as long as I go now because I used to go longer 
but yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta it, so much time in the day. Yeah, yeah it is. It's crazy. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. I kind of forgot. Like, no, it definitely like does. I, I think. No, yeah, I know. I, I do that a lot. My bad. I, I ask too many questions at once. <laughs> but I, I, I think that that's that's so important. Like, and and I'm so thankful for that. Like, so much respect that you would actually go out of your way to help. Literally, guys. Like, it's so easy to get involved in that. Like, just if you have a gameplay with three other players and and you want Callus to take a look at your match, like he can do that for you. And you can actually. This is especially important, I think, for players who are at a plateau. Like, you feel like you're not really improving. You've hit this kind of cap in in your skill. And if you want to change things up, you want to improve. I think looking at film with Callus is actually a really good way to do that. He's, he's he knows his stuff. He has some really good sessions. He streams them on Mixer. We'll see what we can do about getting you streaming and having some more live sessions where people are actually like communicating. Because I think the best thing to do with stuff like this would be to have more of like a, a larger conversation and have more people involved in understanding the game from a macro perspective. And then as far as SVP goes, guys, it's called the Spartan V program. It's a Discord that, that you can join. I'm not 100% sure on how the joining process works, and I don't even know how to properly shout them out right now. But but uh, what we will do, I'll probably tweet it out or something i have to message uh, gary and see what he's okay with because i know that they have a bit like they want to make sure they have the right people in the program have the right mindset that want to improve but this is a it's a great way for you to get involved with the community that is all looking for like, looking to improve and they're all working you know towards a positive goal and i think everybody has a good positive mindset and they're you know they're enjoying the game as a result if you feel kind of alone in that process and you want to improve you have that kind of mindset then you might be the right person for that and I'll be there. Callus is there as well. So it's a good way to connect with both of us. Um, and, and yeah, that, that kind of, and that, that kind of brings us to, to the closure here where, how can we connect with you? Callus, how can we find you? Twitter's the best place. Where do we go? Yeah. Twitter's probably the best place. If you guys want free content, there's still like, I gave us, you know, me and Thurlian and old school skills gave a try for YouTube and there's some free content there breaking the meta or youtube.com slash breaking the meta. Uh, we're working on it right now. Breaking we, the meta we just, or is it just breaking the meta? Is it, Breaking the meta halo. Look at that. See? Yeah. How do you I know, know better, better than, than you know? I do? <laughs> Come on. Dude. You know better than I do, man. It's got a YouTube channel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just old, you know, it's just content that we're trying to put out. We're trying to review, you know, top AMs yeah. and pro gameplay. But right now we're just not happy with like we want the ability, the video quality to reflect the value of the content, which I think is what you're doing so, so good for the community. I'm like so happy that that you exist, that you're you're here for the Halo community and and you love Halo and you're fearless. You're not afraid to champion the shit out of this game when everyone's like not liking it. And and Amen. so we're we're gonna try to to follow suit with what you're doing, man, and try to put out good positive content. Uh we're just on a hiatus. But yeah, Twitter, uh Callus down below, C-A-L-L-O-U and the four S's. That's where you can reach me guys. I don't yeah, know, man. Definitely, guys. Yeah, no, reach out to Callus, man. Thank you so much, dude. I have so much respect for what you do for the community. And I'm so happy that you are coaching this team. And I honestly, I'm going to be looking out for this roster. I hope that they kill it at Atlanta. And I'm excited, excited about the fact that you're going to Atlanta. Guys, I still don't even know if I'm going to Atlanta. I hope I can go to Atlanta. I'm bugging Tony and I'm bugging the guys at UGC to see if there's a way that they can get me to go over there. But I would love to be there as well. I've got big hopes for the PBL Pirates, dude. Thank you so much for joining me today on the stream on HCS Weekly. Hey, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys, for tuning in once again. This was honestly, I think, I don't want to be that guy, but I think this is my favorite episode so far. We had so much content. We went well over an hour today. I feel comfortable. I feel, you know, happy and engaged. That conversation with Mickwin was great. So hopefully we got a lot of good clips that we could put together so that the world can see some of the conversations we've been having. And and I think, yeah, like, you know, despite the fact that Halo is going through some darker times, we talked about that a lot. I think that there's a lot of potential 
for the future of this franchise and and for the potential for the future of Halo Infinite. And I think even the fact that Call of Duty is out and it's so popular, I think it sets a great precedent for console gaming and and just letting you know that there's a you know there's a possibility that with these Twitch streamers and, and everybody that's engaged in this community, a game can go from like unknown to just massively popular in seconds. So I think if three four three can just hit their stride right and and carry some momentum strong into the next Halo title, then I. I think we could have an amazing resurgence in Halo. I'm going to be there, and I hope it happens, guys. I hope you had a fun time on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me on HCS Weekly. We'll see you again next time. Have a good night.